Nice Games Club is on break for the next few weeks, so your nice host can take time to wrap up work on Widget Central. Come into PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch in 2019. In the meantime, we picked out a few of our favorite episodes from the first two years in the clubhouse. This is episode 10, Try It Once. Watching games, narrative in games, and board games. I picked this episode because we each go over topics of things we dislike or know nothing about, except for Martha because she actually likes board games. <laughs> and I think we discovered that during the episode. Uh, lots of discussion, lots of debate. Fun episode overall. Be nice and have a listen. It's our 10th episode. Dang, man. 10 of these things? We've gone beyond the bounds of a single digit. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, incredible. That is a lot. We can't count them on our hands after this. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for our 10th episode, we've been sort of toying with this idea. We're doing a theme show where each of our topics kind of revolve around a, a concept. So you're out there listening, if you like this uh, idea, if you want to give us some uh, overarching themes, uh, we'd love it because we have a lot of fun when our topics yeah. uh, interrelate. Yeah. Uh, and this one, uh, what's this big theme today? The things we dislike about games. No, weird for the nice games club. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> We're, we're trying to we're trying to bring us all around to this stuff because each of us have picked something that we're not excited about or doesn't really move us uh, in the in gaming culture where the other two uh, can can sort of teach and inform and convince <laughs> perhaps so yeah. we'll we'll see if we make any headway on that uh, so let's get started with mine um, mine is uh, let's plays it's sort of games as spectator sport I just feel so old. <laughs> I'm, I, oh, no. I'm old enough to remember when people played games like <laughs> back in the day I know it was like they only went on YouTube to find out how to get the key like <laughs> I don't know I'm overstating my opinion here but I, it is really fascinating especially with younger people like how how exciting it is just to watch a game and how I've heard from a lot of people who are not that much younger than me who say like oh yeah I was interested in that game but I just watched it and got all I really needed out of it and I, I guess I that makes some sense, but it's not an instinct I have. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, it relates to esports as well, which I'm, I sort of understand a little better the appeal of, but I don't e-sports. know. Help me out, guys. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what, what am I missing? Well, uh, I actually don't watch too many Let's Plays myself, mm-hmm. uh, but I love watching esports. Well, okay. I should say, I, I shouldn't really separate esports from fighting games, but a lot of times the community does. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but I like watching fighting games specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Evo, mm-hmm. uh, just those kind of games and the enthusiasm and the uh, intensity of the of the competition. Right, it's really fun to watch. So that that's the kind of aspect. It's kind of like watching sports to me. Right, right, yes. right. Uh, and so that um, I can get into right away. Mm-hmm. Do you you not feel that that thrill from esports? Um, it, partly I I hate sports culture. Okay, I guess. And so esports to me feels sports culture mm-hmm. and i'm i'm like i don't care um and we talked about this in our mastery episode which is just like the idea of being the best is something that you want to do but also you want to watch someone do yeah i don't care about either of those things <laughs> so um but um you know i evo is entertaining i've told you about this that like i'm not a fighting game person but like there's something interesting about it um so i'm not immune to its charms i suppose um i think uh but that kind of idea that, that it's spectator sport as actually a match you're watching mm-hmm. like i cannot deny the appeal of that no. and that applies to games i think the bigger problem i have is with uh people who will uh watch somebody else play like a single player game for six hours mm. or like in you know part one part two three or four or whatever like instead of like binge watching something on netflix i guess mm. I, I'm, and i'm not criticizing people for the use of their time i just seem like wouldn't 
I don't know. Is there enough of it? I just don't get it. I'm, I'm just way too old. It's really <laughs> so you're not really into giant bombs like uh, Unprofessional Fridays or anything like yeah, that? Yeah. So that's funny, too, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and I follow a lot of gaming press and many of them do similar things. The Kotaku will do sometimes play alongs and stuff like that. And none of those hook me at all. And so I thought it was a little bit about like who's doing it. Mm. But I think it might just be more about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. What there's there are I mean there's a whole cadre of personalities of let's players who have followings and who themselves are entertaining on their own, and so I, I understand that. Um, I'm just not familiar familiar like with any of that that sort of subculture. I really like watching both esports and let's plays. Okay, um, esports is I find it similar to sports culture also, mm-hmm. and it was the way that I finally have understood like my relatives who like watching football. This ah. was like. Oh, the way I feel about some of these teams when I get really into watching League of Legends or or uh, whatever we're watching, like that feeling is like, oh yes, I mm-hmm. understand. Like, I want them to win so badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you follow along with like their personal narratives of like how the players are growing over time, and like I don't know, it just becomes this sort of like I understand sports fans, right, now. right. So that was kind of cool. Um, and uh, I really like watching like Achievement Hunter. Um, they're fun because they do a lot of Minecraft videos, but instead of just building things or something, they usually make g- games or challenges for themselves within oh. the game. So like they had one where they have lots of ones where you have to, they have to go find items that, another player has hidden all throughout the world. Um, they did one where uh, uh, the whole world was, they built a whole like cave around an area. So the whole place was dark mm. and it was their Halloween episode. And they had one, they had to go find all of these uh, items before the ghoul came and got them. And oh, the ghoul so- was another player mm-hmm. who, could just follow them around and whack them oh, whenever. <laughs> so this just sounds like a game show. Yeah. Oh, I'm on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Mythbusters specifically though. Like I think there's a I think there's some kind of a Mythbusters y uh let's play thing where mm-hmm. like you just kinda someone gives you a myth in video games and you have to go and figure it out. Ah, okay, sure, sure. Does that See, you know kind of exciting? Th- those types yeah. of things that that is I mean that is more original programming in a mm-hmm. sense that requires the sort of creative mind of a uh, you know, of a segment producer or whatever. And like, yeah, I'm hundred percent on board for that stuff. I'm, okay. I'm as not as familiar with it either, but like that all sounds totally cool. Okay. Like, yeah. Maybe you don't dislike less plays as much as you thought. Perhaps it, <laughs> and that might just, it might, a lot of it just be unfamiliarity. Like mm-hmm. I'm not ensconced in it. You know, I mean, there's so many things in life where you don't know it until you're like well into it. Yeah. You, know, you have to force yourself. And then suddenly you're like, why did I have to force myself? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know there are just the traditional Let's Plays, too, where people just play a game and commentate on what right. they're playing. Uh, it might be that there's not a, for someone who is, say, new to this as an idea, mm-hmm. um, there's not a place for me to go, like an authority that says, like, what types there are, what how, categorizes them, what's, what's the, not just what's popular, but, like, what's well-reviewed, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and part of it is because a lot of them are, are done by people who review video games, and so there's no... There's not a lot of culture of reviewing that as its own artistic material, perhaps. Huh. Um, that might be part of it. Because I'm, I'm a believer in like media authority if it's earned. And I think that there's not any of that in this area, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know. 
yeah, shoot. So I start guess, making a list. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> a curation list of Let's Players. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I wonder if we find any, or if any of our listeners know of any good lists of, or yeah, again, curated. It, it could just be that we're, we're unaware. And that's probably a lot of, of the, these sorts of things. So yeah, listeners, uh, you know, tweet at us. Let us know what, what we don't know. Oh, yeah. When you were talking about uh, Let's Plays that are just playing through the game. Yeah. Uh, one that I really like, Giant, Giant Bomb does a lot of those mm-hmm. sort of Let's Plays just to review the game. Or um, I mentioned Unprofessional Fridays, which is their Friday show where they, uh, they have whoever is on picks a couple games for them to play and sure. show off. Um, and one day they picked... Uh, this game called that was it's amazing it's an amazing game it's <laughs> called um, Contradiction Spot the Liar okay okay and it's a uh, like shot real people like video of real people and then a narrative game within that so like mm. you uh, you click an option and then it, your character that you're playing says like there's a video clip of them saying what you're saying and then what the person responds oh okay um. And it's hilarious, and the acting is so campy. And <laughs> they they started playing it and thinking they were just going to do like one little spot on it, and then mm-hmm. it ended up playing the whole game because it was so. <laughs> and and while they were uh, playing, like they streamed it mm-hmm. as well as like doing the video, and people like the one of the actors who was in it actually started talking to them on oh, the really? chat. Oh, that's, that's rad. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Huh. Uh, yeah, that is that's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, it's an interesting category of game where it a lot of the playing it, and a lot of the enjoyment you get as a player is you just watching something that's just performative, it's narrative, mm-hmm. and so that would just naturally make sense for to then watch somebody do that because the the agency is not the most important part of it. As you know, mm-hmm. um, like uh, her story is another example where like it's it's sort of puzzly, but if I were if I watch somebody a uh, uh, play through her story. And I could at least at least hear them try to figure out what to search next for the in the video database. If you're familiar with that game, um, like I, I could I could see that it being almost as good as playing it myself. I suppose so. It's a type of game that works for that. I su- perhaps. I guess there's a c- kind of controversy about let's plays in that sort of game because right, right. people don't like. I haven't bought it uh-huh. that game, and I should go buy that game. Right. I can see that glint um, of mischief in your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been meaning to just buy it one day, even though right. I, I know the ending. And so therefore it's, mm-hmm. and so I, I think with da- that dragon cancer, there was this yes, year, yes. a yep. controversy about mm-hmm. whether let's plays should happen for narrative games. Um, right. Where, where's that line drawn? This was the yeah. sub, this was the subject of a co-op talk many it months was. ago. Yes, yeah. it was. Um, it's all f- rushing back to me now. <laughs> it's a fascinating topic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I kind of consider Let's Plays to be sort of like watch if you're just sitting on your couch and somebody else is just playing a game and you're just watching them play it. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that. I think that a lot, that's a lot of the appeal for people is like yeah. they just like that person and they like how they play games. So they like watching them play a game. Right. I Let's Played my wife watch, uh, playing Heavy Rain. Oh uh, yeah, then I, I I don't need to play Heavy Rain now. <laughs> like, yeah, that was plenty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those are kind of fun to just have uh, to just watch somebody play mm-hmm. games that you enjoy playing games, uh, or you enjoy watching play games. Yeah, uh, I like to watch, or it's kind of a family thing. We and my my family uh, watched my brother play through Uncharted Four uh, a few months back. Oh, nice. And we just we just sat here and watched him. And oh, that's a really good one because yeah. there's a lot of cutscenes, but also there's a fair amount of like tension and drama 
in mm-hmm. the sort of sneak arounds yeah. in that game that yeah. that if you've got the patience for would be really fun to watch. Yeah, this okay. it's going to be an interesting topic because this I don't actually like uncharted games. Ah, <laughs> because of their narratives. <laughs> so we'll get into that a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold back, hold back. Okay. okay. <laughs> My family did that with Mist, all the Mist games. Oh, uh, I guess we didn't watch one person play it, but we all played it together and took turns who was driving, mm-hmm. quote oh, cool. unquote. Um, yeah, so that's that's really fun to play games with each other. Yeah, um, yeah. that's sort of let's play idea. Well, maybe the sort of YouTube let's plays that I'm I feel so alienated from. It's just an extension or an attempt to get what uh, I'm recognizing as a universal value to to gaming culture, which is just to. to be with others socially, whether you're playing or not. Mm-hmm. And maybe that I just, maybe because I'm old mm-hmm. or, or maybe because I haven't seen enough of them, I'm not, I don't understand how close to it they are actually getting. And maybe they're getting pretty close because <laughs> it seems like it's probably motivated by a lot of the same things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I, maybe I'm convinced. Maybe that's it, guys. <laughs> Try it once. I'll, well, I've tried it once, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. <laughs> oh, okay. Two times? Two yes, times? Two times. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I think that's it for me. We'll move on to Steven's topic, which he uh, premiered for us. Uh, we'll get to it uh, right in a moment. All right. Ready, Steven? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Let us give us your grievances. So, uh, narrative in video games, you know, the stories, the things that people talk about. Uh huh. The yakety yak. The yakety yak. You know, the dialogue and the, the text and all of that stuff. You got to sit there and read it. And it's all, everybody talks about it all the time. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not too interested in narratives mm-hmm. in video games. Right. A lot of it specifically for me is just because they oftentimes feel divorced from the actual gameplay. And if sure. I wanted to have a story that was divorced from gameplay, I would have watched a movie or read a book. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so that's my feeling on it. But yeah, I know you two feel differently. Yeah. I feel really differently. I and mean, we've had conversations <laughs> around this. Yeah. And I, I, we've, I certainly respect your, like, the way you position it. Cause it's like, you don't hate it. It just doesn't appeal to yeah, you. Yeah. Right. Same I, way, like, right? some stories are interesting, but like, they're so different from what you're actually doing in yeah, the game yeah. that I don't, I'm just, I don't care. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I think what's, I think you just, maybe you just have really high standards. And I admire that actually, <laughs> because I do too. I think as story in games, has to be supported by the mechanics mm-hmm. for it to be considered great. Right. It can be considered good and each part can be considered great, but like they need to be part of a whole for it yes. to be great. And so I, I, when you say that, that like that, the phrase ludonarrative dissonance, uh, right, yeah, which has become hated, I suppose. I, I just don't like the term because it makes it sound more complicated than it. Uh, or it makes it sound more uh, um, academic than it feels. That's, like it a, that's a good objection to that. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, but that, I think is something that way too many games get away with. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fact of the industry and it kind of shouldn't be. Yes. People don't try hard enough. Yes. I don't I don't think I've I don't know if everybody here knows about ludonarrative dissonance. Yes. Yeah, let's can you explain? Yes. Ludonarrative <laughs> dissonance is when um you have the narrative of a game. Um I don't know. You're a guy who can shoot tons of bullets. Well, uncharted uncharted's a good example. Yes, uncharted is a wonderful example. I love bringing that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're a guy who shoots a ton of bullets at enemies, and enemies shoot a ton of bullets at you, but none of you die until you take like a hundred bullets. But then in the story or the cutscenes or the, the the text or whatever, you get hit once from one bullet, and you're immediately wounded, and you can't walk or something. That's the story. the The gameplay um, is divorced from the story. There's a there's a disconnect mm-hmm. between the two. That example is. Um, really telling Steven because you're talking about the mechanics being disruptive Yes, because you're saying that I get shot a lot, but no big deal. But here I get shot once and that's a mechanic of the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think of it, the example I use is 
you murder 800 guys oh, yeah, in the adventure. And then in the cutscene, you grouse about like, oh, I, I just can't kill the mini boss. I have morals like, <laughs> you know, which is yeah. that's about story. That's so it's even, that's so fascinating that that's the example you go to. It's <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I focus more on the on the mechanics of the game. So mm-hmm. that's, that's but that is also a big disconnect for sure. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so I would like some examples from you two on what narrative you felt was amazing and convince me on it if you can. <laughs> it's a tough sell. <laughs> I've got one, Martha, but it's, it takes some wind up. Oh, Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, I've talked to you about it before, but I, th- I think, but um, Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, okay. Which I played that. is itself a pretty good game, mm-hmm. but there's a moment in it where it, it achieves utter greatness. Mm. And, I, and I, I've probably told this to a lot of people, but it's the, my go-to for this working perfectly, especially in a AAA game. Whereas, and this is spoilers, I'm sorry. Uh, listeners, but it's been a while and it's worth, it's worth the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Batman, you're infected, um, with, uh, with a disease with a, uh, at the end of the second game, you get infected with some nonsense. Yeah. And then that causes you to hallucinate, uh, the Joker in the third game. So he kind of follows you as your devil on your shoulder for a lot of the game. You, you can't be certain what you see. There's some, you know, what, yada, yada. That's a great mechanic. Um, there's a part in the game where, um, you, 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 it's, you're, succumbing to it but you're still you're batman you're the only one who can save the city so you have to make a choice you have to say well listen i I will lock myself up and let robin take care of this this urgent need which is that's that's really the right thing to do guys i'm i'm i am batman but like i can't trust myself yeah it's just not gonna i've gotta let so i walk into the cell that i've designed for myself lock myself up and robin's like you've done the right thing and then then you just sit there as the player you just sit in this little thing and walk around for a little while and you're like wait what was, is there a cutscene? What's happening next? And then the Joker walks by out of the cell. This is a hallucination and explains to you that, like, um, you know, no, 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 Batman, that's not right. And there's, there's a, you know, there's a bit of a, a story reveal there. I won't go all the way into it. But then he, he opens the cell for you, which makes no sense because he's not real. <laughs> and then you walk out of the cell and you turn around and then there's Robin again. And Robin's like, come on, Bruce, you got to get in the cell. It's for your own good. And you're like, wait, what's the illusion here? Like, what am I? Am I dreaming now? Was I dreaming then? What's going on? And that's a great storytelling. And you go back into the cell, right? You do, and you can do this over and over and over mm-hmm. again. The joke yeah. will let you out. The Robin tells you to go back in. Yeah. And then the only other thing you can do is punch Robin in the face and throw him in the cell. It's the only other mechanic thing you can do. So at some point, you'd either do it the second time if you're bored or you know, the, the millionth time if you're trying to see all, where all the story goes. You finally punch Robin and send him in. And then you just walk out and continue the game. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what actually happened is that the Joker has convinced you, the player, to make the wrong moral choice. Yeah. And in a way that is very linear. There's no actual choice here. And it's not even a false choice because you never made a choice as a player. You went into the cell when the game set, told you you should and you mm-hmm. punt problems the game told you should. Mm-hmm. But that is an example of mechanics like achieving perfection with narrative in a way that involves the agency of the player in a way. And I think that like that is that's what... That's what I want to strive for in my work. And that's when you, when you say like you're not interested in narrative games, I feel like you're so interested in, in the strength of core mechanics. And I feel like they're, that mechanic is worthless without that, that story beat, yeah. without that element. Yeah. Then you know what? That's the way you, when you describe it like yeah. that, that's, that's actually pretty convincing. All right. I, I like it. I <laughs> okay. Like it. We're two for two on this one <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, but I, I noticed that, that in particular, it, yeah. it removed most of your options. Right. Like Batman normally is able to, you know, jump from 
five story buildings or whatever. Yes, and it's five. a special sequence. Yes. Right, right. Right, right. So they removed it. So you really only had two options. It's true. Um, I don't know. Most, most AAA games, especially, they have, mm-hmm. you have, you can do a whole bunch of things. You can jump, you can fly, you can mm-hmm. hit things. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but that one just had the two options. Maybe that's a, uh, necessary for some narratives. Right. Is to just remove the two, uh, the amount of options you can have. Right, right. I know that, um, in, in visual novels that the whole game is, is the story stuff. I, do not like visual novels <laughs> for that reason. Because there's just nothing other than choices. Um, I guess that makes it kind of like pure game in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that like those only you only have three choices you can make. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of people talk about how important all those choices are. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a secret. Maybe that's something you could look into. Just limit a player's choice to in order to. Mm-hmm. Tell the narrative better. So, is your concern that, like, the because those special sequences mm-hmm. are very common in AAA games? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're quick time events sometimes. Yep. So uh, but you object to that. You prefer games that are sort of, that don't, that, that sort of come at you honestly and sort of stay that way all the way through? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, prefer, that, I could see, yeah, I could see that. It's a nice I would definitely suggestion. prefer, sure. like, if they had Batman, he had all his options, but they made, or they convinced you to do a narrative choice, like you were talking about, yeah. but he can still do everything he wanted. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose the difference there is that in my instance, it's it's a authorial choice that this is how the story is going to go. It right. is linear. You don't have a choice as a player, yeah, but you still have to press the button. Yes, and that I find strength. I find some. I find meaning and power in that. Mm-hmm. That perhaps you just don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> almost, I, I almost got him. I almost got him, Martha. <laughs> I would like to propose. Portal and Portal Two. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Those are good. Uh I guess those are mostly character-driven uh, stories, mm-hmm. but I feel like we are, what you do in the game, kind of, your journey through the game is also the journey through the story, mm-hmm. in that your choices is, the story is basically someone commenting on the choices you make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Gladys reacting to you doing things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, or the other robot, which I can't remember his name. But um, Wheatley. Wheatley. Oh yeah, Wheatley. That's yes, it. <laughs> charming, simple-minded Wheatley. <laughs> yes, um, and like sometimes you waiting, like every everything, every choice you make to to follow what she's telling you to do, to not follow what she's telling you to do, to just stand there, will get reactions from the characters around you, and I feel like that is ties the mechanics to the story. In yeah, I suppose uh, that kind of reminds me of was it Bastion? I didn't play that much of that game because mm-hmm. I. Got to a point and I was trying to get three stars or something and I just never did it. So I just gave up. But that that game also had that commentary when whenever you did anything, the the narrator would um talk about you, the player, as the kid. And um sometimes it would be like uh, criticism what you're doing. Like you hit a box, you'd be like, Why is he breaking boxes right now or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty interesting. But like and I would agree that's that's a that's a that's a good that's a interesting narrative choice and it puts and it makes the mechanics relative related to the story but the stanley the par- stanley parable is also like that. that one is all about the yeah i was gonna yes. say that's that's basically a visual novel yeah, it, yeah. I mean, effectively it's a visual novel because all yeah. you can do is run or right. walk around yeah. um but that yeah that's another one but I, I guess the narrative isn't necessarily divorced from the mechanics in both portal and uh mm-hmm. and the stanley parable but like all of those actions are kind of flavor test, mm-hmm. text. They're mm-hmm. not really related to the story. 
I, I thought you were going to bring up the companion coop, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. is part of it. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool because you, but because it's, it's kind of actually similar to what the thing you were talking about, Mark, with, yes. with Batman in that mm-hmm. like you have to throw the companion cube in the furnace. Right. Spoilers, guys. This is like <laughs> 10 years old. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you have to throw the companion cube in the furnace in order to move on. But the companion cube was so useful during that level that you don't really want to do it because, I mean, you have a mechanical reason to do it because he could or the companion cube could be useful later on. Right. Right. You have to do it anyways because you can't get through the level without it. You know, that's an interesting example of one that is brought up a lot as like a strong, I thought that was pretty weak. Yeah. When I played that the first time, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll throw this thing away. It, it told me I loved it, but I don't believe like, mm. what, it's lied to me this whole time. What? <laughs> yeah, why? that's a fair point. It was, it's interesting. I think because it is, it's cute. And I think the, I think its strength came from what the fan base brought to it, mm-hmm. which, which is genuine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was a little, but you know, it's interesting, like, uh, even in, in Portal, you, you are escaping a facility. Yeah. But mechanically, you're just going from room to room. Right. If you, what if you imagine you were entering the facility to destroy Gladys? Mm-hmm. That would play differently mm-hmm. with the same mechanics. I think Portal is an excellent example throughout. I mean, uh, the Command Cube might even be the, just the, the sort of surface level version of how it does tie the mechanics to it in a way that is not, not deliberate. It's very passive and backgrounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but is uh, this really the strength of how engaging and, and intense that game is? Is yeah. that you start out in this this sort of cell, and you, rather than starting out at the at the castle gates? Like, yeah, that's a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still not convinced, though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what? Okay. So there are there are some games that I've played that had narratives that I felt were related to the mechanics very well okay uh one example uh brother a tale of two sons mm. uh and if, if i go into detail i kind of have to spoil the game i think so. it's just the control scheme might be well the control well it. yeah but then the ending um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so if, if you haven't played it uh brother a tale of two sons you control two brothers one's one of them younger one older um and you use one control stick for one brother and one control stick for the other and they have action buttons uh on their triggers uh, to do it. So you have to control them at the same time. It feels really awkward. Basically the whole game, in fact. It, it, you don't really ever get used to it. <laughs> but I mean, that's fine. But the, like, because of that, you are some, uh, one of the brothers has, is older, so he can pick up things and he can push stuff better than the younger brother. But the younger brother is smaller, so he can fit under cracks and things like mm-hmm. that. And so you use those two different strengths throughout the game to get, to, uh, get a, I think you have to get an item for your dad to save him, mm-hmm. um, from dying from a disease. Uh, and so you go through the whole game doing this this whole time. Uh, I feel like in order to do this, I'm, I'm going to spoil things. I'm sorry. It's, it's I've not finished it, but I'm I'm Uh-oh. super curious. Oh crap! Okay, well I don't know if I'll get around to it, so I'll give you permission. <laughs> okay, on behalf of me and all of our listeners, you guys <laughs> may want to skip a couple minutes then if you haven't beaten it yet. Um, but anyways, at the end of the at the end, uh, your the older brother he uh, ends up getting killed by I believe some poison dart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ends up dying, and you bury him in the street. And the younger brother, he finds the cure for his dad. So he he gets all the way back to the starting where you started at the starting level, um, and he has to make it through. But there's this one part where uh, you get to the lake, um, and he and the younger brother can't swim, but the elder brother could. Uh-huh. So you, when I was playing it, I was just sitting there going, "I can't get through this. The, the older brother has died. What am I supposed to do?" Um, and so what I ended where I was just smashing buttons, trying to figure out what the heck to do. Eventually I matched the older brother's action button uh-huh. and he, and, um, the younger brothers like became focused and like the screen went focused on him. Yeah. Um, and then he was able to swim through the lake. 
That's a, that's an excellent. Yeah. <laughs> even even when you said, yeah. uh, my older brother died. What am I going to do? Yeah. That's that's what the character would say. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So like, I was like, oh crap, what's going on? I I like the younger brother became so he became determined, and like I became determined because I felt like I had the power right from the older brother, and he had the power of the older brother. Like he he grew up. I guess he was just able right, to do the right. things. So. And then, like, you go through the beginning level doing the things that of you could do all the things that the older brother did as a younger brother, and you ended up making it and saving your dad and burying him. So that that was a powerful moment for me. That's something mm-hmm. that I rarely experience in games. That's what I want more of. Yeah. And wish I could get more of that kind of stuff. Well, you've convinced me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, dang, shoot. I did the opposite of what I wanted. <laughs> um, I want more of that in games and I don't, I, I would like to do that one time or one day is to be able to make a game that has that kind of a powerful moment or yeah. not even just the whole game or just a powerful narrative that is completely related and married to the game mechanics in yeah, a way that yeah. video games can only provide. Mm-hmm. I, I like story in AAA games. I like games that have cutscenes, mm-hmm. but I, I hundred percent agree with you in the way you've, you've laid it out is that the, the best way to do narrative games is that way. In yeah. fact, I would, I would argue that it's the only way yeah. to be true to it. To exactly. The form. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I don't care much for video game narratives. And they, they just, they don't meet that standard. They generally anymore. don't. Okay. They generally okay. don't. I mean, the narratives themselves are fine. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're bad and the choices you make can be, can have weight in the narrative, but yeah, not to the mechanics. And I need, I need the combination. Okay. <laughs> detente then detente <laughs> okay well let's uh let's bring it home with martha's uh, grievance and we'll see what we can do for her right after this okay okay lay it on us um don't tell anybody uh-huh secret keep it between us but i don't like board games very much what what <sighs> What? I'm telling everyone, Martha. <laughs> Can't believe this. What is it you don't like about board games? Well, it's interesting because when I was a kid, I loved board games. Mm-hmm. And I think what started happening... And a board game killed your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I've never been able to play one since. Oh. My dad made a board game back in the day it's called dungeon with an exclamation point um so we always had a lot of board games about and henry didn't my brother henry didn't get a closet when he was growing up because his closet was the game closet uh and so all the there were board games stacked to the ceiling and you had to like make sure that you weren't going to get a whole board game pile on you yeah (laughs) that sounds intense (laughs) just to play a game it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, and we had, we had so many cool games. Uh, a lot of Animal Town games. Yeah, Animal Town games. There were okay. a bunch of cooperative games like Save the Whales uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. was one of the favorites. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'd put, and I, I like this game with these squirrels and these beans. Anyway, it was really great. We had so many board <laughs> games around. But then at a certain point, uh, when I'd be going to parties when I got older in high school and in college, like that became board games became the thing that we did when no one could figure out anything else to do. Mm. Oh. And that it just 
so many awkward experiences have piled themselves up on each other now <laughs> that now it's like, oh, we're gotten to the point in the party where we're playing a board game. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was causing problematic trouble and nobody said sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd like to hear from you guys. Okay. What, what, Board games, do you like and why do you like them and and sort of bring back that magic? Okay. Well, it's, I mean, as game designers, part of a gaming community, we, we play board games like new, detailed, modern board games. Yeah. Less the classics of our childhood, which isn't to say those don't have value or aren't replayable, but like as an adult board game player, it's like a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you, maybe you're not, you just haven't done that yet. Because I will say, I only started playing board games again regularly fairly recently uh, because we have an event here at Glitch, uh, Tabletop Tuesdays, uh, which is twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can go and play a brand new game. And it, like I've been exposed to a lot more. And I didn't think I was really into board games either, I suppose. I don't have quite the sound reasoning that you have. But I just didn't wasn't really part of my life. And now that it is, I was like, where was it this whole time? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Now that I think about it, um, I really didn't play that many board games until recently, too, because mm-hmm. of Tabletop Tuesdays. Uh, but, I, I mean, I played, like, the staples that most board game enthusiasts would probably hate me for, like Monopoly and yeah. Jenga and stuff. <laughs> none, of the, none of the real fancy, complicated stuff, but yeah. just, you know. Um, but I always enjoyed, uh, what I most enjoy about board games is that in order to play, well, not all of them, but in order to play most board games, you have to, you have to be in a group, and you have to be there in public, in yeah. person, and you have to experience that that kind of a thing, you know, yeah. like couch co op kind of gameplay. Um, and it's 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 in this in this era where video games are getting more and more divorced from that, where you're playing them online on your own computer, everybody's on their own computer, you can't hit somebody on the shoulder when they make something do it. Something stupid. Uh, <laughs> that is the main thing you want. Yes, really. that's all I want. Uh, <laughs> multiplayer experience. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, in that kind of a time, uh, it's nice to be able to sit down with people you enjoy being around and play a game together. Mm-hmm. That's something that's it's getting harder and harder to do with video games. And so yeah. board games provide that. Even further than that, I think board games mechanically require cooperation amongst the players, even in a competitive game. Yeah, because everyone. I mean, unless uh, Dungeons and Dragons is perhaps the exception, mm-hmm. right? Which you are an avid player of, Martha. Oh yeah, I love Dungeons and Dragons. So this is weird, but <laughs> we'll, let's we'll square that circle in okay. a moment. Um, you know that there's everyone is in charge of like you know, and not just like auditing each other for cheating. And I don't mean that. I mean that like you're building this this sort of like world that exists of these rules mm-hmm. together, and you're maintaining it. You're all holding up the walls. Yeah, and um, and I think that's that's kind of special in a way that like. A game like Overcooked or other sort of simple uh, uh, couch co-op games um, uh, can't give you, e- even if they even if they are maybe board games on a screen, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And is that overselling it? Perhaps I think that there's something special about everyone being in charge of like pulling little tokens from a bag. Like I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, it makes it makes sense. Yeah. To me, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird to be able to you just like everything's physical, so touching stuff all the time and moving things. Right. It makes it feel more real mm-hmm. in a weird way. Tactile. Yeah, tactile, yeah. perhaps. Is that, are you convinced? Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we're getting off that easy. <laughs> well, I get your point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess 
the board games that I have gotten into, because there's a few that recently that I have gotten really into, like okay. Evolution, for example, oh, yeah. is a game that I really like. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I knew there was a reason this was a confusing thing that I heard from you, is that, yeah, you love that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think it has to do with, like, maybe some of the mechanics of games. Like, mm-hmm. some games uh, you can figure out really easily, and therefore playing them again isn't really a thing oh they're like solvable in the sense that like it doesn't mean you're gonna win every time you just kind of know how it's gonna go every time yeah or yeah. on the flip side it's random so mm-hmm. you don't why bother trying because you know the dice rolls are what's determining who's winning or oh, okay. whatever mm-hmm. um and so then if there isn't enough like social like awesome around it then it's right. like why why are we even doing this yes yes um, I can understand well that. that's actually that leans right into the other reason i love board games is that like you spend most of your time not playing the game <laughs> and i know there are some people who are who don't like when board games go on long but i love it because you're just hanging out with pals right yeah kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, that's that's an aspect that's pretty nice yeah well i mean we talked about back in the nicest of 2016 episode <laughs> about star trek ascendancy which is a game like that where there's huge downtime between turn order. That game takes too long. It takes, well, okay. We'll do, we'll do, it does take, <laughs> it takes, uh, so it takes objectively too long. Objectively, yes. <laughs> but I don't think it takes too long. <laughs> okay. But that's a game where it, it is incredibly social if you let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can fill the time and a whole day, and it's super fun. And it has all the sort of like, it, it, you know, I mean, again, I guess maybe we'll try to sell it to you like a game like D&D. Like D&D is a social experience. It has rules, but it also has like narrative and it has strategy and it has silly moments and fun moments. And I think a lot of board games should be able to provide that to you. It, it's sad for you that they haven't. <laughs> well, well, for if we go back to my example, Evolution, yes. mm-hmm. that one I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the reason I really like it is because there's lots of strategy and yeah, I'm, yeah. like, and there's a way like many different ways to win and uh, figuring them out in a given play period for who you're playing with. And um, that, that like makes me go, ah, oh, this mm. is really fun and I want to play it again and I want to beat everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of, I, I like games that, uh, hook into that competitive aspect for me and mm-hmm. also the uh, like high st- strategic thinking parts of my brain. Okay. Sure, okay, okay. So I don't know if I could do eight hours of that. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> but uh, that's the sort of games that draw me in. Like uh, Puerto Rico was another game that I really liked playing for a while. Mm. Um, game's kind of problematic with the with the theme theme and oh. the piece colors oh. choices, but um, <laughs> uh, it was really, really interesting to me playing it. I played it once with a group of friends at uh, the cooperative house I used to live in. And of course everyone's kind of working together and <laughs> I was able to win consistently because I could convince other people to do things that would help them, but also help me. Oh. Um, and then I played with a bunch of, uh, people from my dad's work and there were all extremely competitive and also wouldn't listen to me when I said things like this. So I'd be <laughs> like, you should do this because it will help you uh, also help me, but it mostly will help you. Uh-huh. And they're like, no. 
Oh. They were willing to screw me over just so, even though that, and then it ended up that they also didn't win uh, or get more points. Like someone who, someone else who w- wasn't engaging at all mm-hmm. won. Uh, and so it was so interesting that, like, the strategy that I thought was going to win me every time <laughs> did not work because of the group of people I was in. Right, so that was right. an interesting study for me about, uh, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should play Star Trek Ascendancy. It's got that kind of aspect. <laughs> it does. It does. It really it's, does. It's very uh, rigidly mechanical, but there's just enough wiggle room for influence and barter mm-hmm. and like and sort of strategic psychology that I think you'd be into. There's literally a trade agreement mechanic in the game. Ooh, right. It adds a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The so it's it's not necessarily the social aspect that you enjoy from it, but like the strategy. That you enjoy, yeah. It seems like well, in that it sounds like because the the way you describe it, like it's probably a lot harder. I mean, not not harder. It's less common for video games to do that. Multiplayer, um, or yeah, because they tend to be more tactical than strategic. That's right, right? Yeah, because there's you can't really have a mechanic. Well, there's a little bit where like everybody has to slap the board really fast, but otherwise, there's not really much of mechanical uh, speed tests. Right, right. Which I hate in board games when you have to. Engage with them physically, like yeah. no. no. <laughs> but you know, in video games, the, it's that—that's the strength of video games. Mm-hmm. Is, is that kind of is twitch action, even in a game that's not you know fast. Yeah. Um. So why? So it makes sense. There wouldn't be a lot of. Well, Civilization might be the exception. That's basically a board game. That's true. It's terribly complicated. You couldn't do it on a table. <laughs> I, I do like playing multiplayer Civ. So okay, yeah. You know, it's it's when you talk about the different types of players and how that really changes the experience. I think that's probably. I, I would imagine there's tons of stories of people who are like, "Oh, I have my regular group, and then I went to some other group, and like none of the games I like were fun anymore." Hmm. Yeah, I think that has a really big, yeah. big thing to do with, with the situation and who, like, the different motivation types of people mm-hmm. that you have in oh. in playing your, the game. Yeah, there's probably a lot you don't imagine about our viable strategies because they wouldn't work on the people you play with and you just assume that it wouldn't work on anybody. Yeah. Because <laughs> you assume everybody is a rational actor and knows all the strategies. Th- that reason is actually is one of the reasons I really love co-op board games. So like Pandemic is a good one. Oh, there's, yeah. There's one we played at Tabletop that I forget the name of, but it's where you're firefighters and you have to... Flashpoint? Yeah, Flashpoint. I think so. Yeah. Um, that game was fun. Like, <laughs> So I don't know, we'll, we'll get you to play some of those perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. definitely down for playing more cooperative games. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Those are my favorite board games. Mm. As much as Star Trek Ascendancy is my favorite board game now, <laughs> like in general, co-op board games I love. There aren't enough of them. That's think. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's something that's missing. I'll bring in Save the Whales sometime. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think we've convinced her. You think so? We've made headway at least. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get you to play some good ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. It's real important for new shows like ours to get noticed, so spread the word. Help us make this bigger and better. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things, at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. So, until we start again, remember to... Play Play nice nice and make make nice. nice.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.